This episode of The Soda Pod is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has been redesigning the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Isha Jerome here. Thanks for joining me on your Monday or whenever you are listening. Like I've been saying throughout the, the last few weeks, I have various topics I'm going to get into over, well, over the remaining asterisks of a season. Um, the earliest I can imagine that we're going to have answers on really anything COVID related and if professional sports are going to continue in some capacity this summer or early fall, I don't think we're going to get that that conversation even rolling until mid-May, early June. So speculate, learn, and uh, be entertained and even join the conversation. Um, y'all want to know what that soda just was? I have to tell you, I had to force that one down. It's, uh, and it's late too. I'm recording the soda pod, uh, later in the evening. I, I usually try to do it uh, during the day Sunday, but I had, a uh, well, a ton of guests that, uh, that I talked to early today, which was awesome. Uh, Brad Lieb, who's going to be featured on this week's episode and also Ryan Carter. We caught up today as well. And I was featured on the Offside by a Mile podcast, the boys covering the Colorado Avalanche here on the Hockey Podcast Network. So it was a busy day of just like crushing content as we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network that I just didn't have the time to, well, I guess I had the time, but I wanted to go mountain biking, work out a bit, okay? So I had to take a break, get off the computer, and uh, well... After taking care of some duties like we do every Sunday, posting stuff behind the scenes, here I am recording episode 55 of the Soda Pod. You're not going to hear from me personally too much in this episode, as uh, as the interview with Brad Lee was almost an hour long, and that, it, it was it's amazing. The first half of it talk a lot about hockey. The second half, Brad goes into his story um, to where he got, well, ultimately to where he got to today in being a mindset mentor. And, uh, and, well, and, and teammate. Well, we'll get into that momentarily. I talked about joining the conversation here on the Soda Pod. I love it when listeners join the conversation. We've been having so many conversations on Twitter. I mean, 
for me just sharing thoughts on some concept jerseys. We got a ton of comments on that. I'm not going to get through them all or, or go through them all rather on this podcast. Maybe uh, maybe in the next few weeks uh, I'll dive into some because some people like them a lot with the North Star uh, the North Star style, the yellow, and in this case, cream and green, which uh, which the the graphic artist did uh, make known to everyone that these are actual wild colors. Like he didn't go off the board here. Like the cream is the actual cream color that the Wild use in their jerseys. Um, for the most part, everyone loved them. There's a uh, well, good old Sh- Sean Cosgrove at Cozy Moto. Um, I love this. He wasn't. He went against the grain here and said, uh, "Might be in the minority here." But can we just forget about the North Stars? They've been gone for almost 30 years. Green, yellow uh, combo is ugly. The logo's overrated. And the wild uniform slash logo now are way cooler. So, oh, I said I wouldn't get into it. And there there you have it. I went, I got into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, great interaction on Twitter from all the listeners and, well, the state people in the state of hockey who are, well, for the most part, isolating at home and, uh, and interacting on social media with uh, within their hockey market with their family and friends i mean it it really is funny i said this before when the hockey season was going on twitter could twitter was sometimes for for the most part a nasty place these days other than the political bullshit <laughs> in both canada and the united states more so in the united states right now um the the the, the sports markets anyways ha- have been awesome they really have in providing entertainment. I mean, Brett Marshall in this in this market goes above and beyond, um, both to keep himself sane and to provide the Minnesota Wild Twitter uh, well Twitter market here with content. We have a text and voicemail open to all Minnesota fans. I want to remind you all, uh, Minnesota fans and beyond. Actually, listen, it's simple. If you call us, we'll put you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact, so do not be shy. We have a, a num an open number that you can text or leave us a voicemail again at 612-324-1684. Again, that's 612-324-1684. And with that, let's get into our open phone segment as, well, this number's provided by the open phone app. They give you a business phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month. So sign up today. Um, Adam from White Bear Lake, Minnesota. What? God damn beauty. I didn't get to his question last week because he sent it in right after I recorded, so we will get into it right now. Uh, we'll fire through the first question rather quickly just because uh, I-, I got into it at length last week. He writes in on April 12th, Hey SodaPod, it's Adam again. Killer show last week. My question for you this week is with the signing of Kirill Kaprizov seeming to be close, who do you think could be the center they bring in al- along with Kaprizov? Thanks. I, I know early in the season there were talks about maybe uh, one of his teammates out in Russia who actually had some time playing in the NHL. Grigenko? That, that's his last name anyways. I, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but off the top of my head, um, I know he was with, uh, I, I want to say the Buffalo Sabres or the Colorado Avalanche, perhaps both. Anyways, didn't pan out in the NHL. But uh, carved out a pretty well. He's been carving out a pretty decent career in the KHL, and I know originally there were talks about him perhaps coming over and you know continuing to be Kaprizov's center. I highlighted that if this team's gonna well go after anyone in free agency, if this player is available, it should be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now I don't necessarily know if hey if they'll have chemistry and that will be a fit, but 
if you really want to go in and dissect the way Nuge plays, I mean, I think it could work. This guy a, has a great hockey mind. He can play a two-way game, and he has talent. He was the first overall pick. His talent is, well, obviously behind that of McDavid and Dreisaitl, but it's it's knocking on the door of elite because this guy can put up outstanding numbers. I know his points increased when he was on the line with Dreisaitl. I, for anyone you know who follows the Oilers, I know that. Trust me. But the fact that this guy can consistently put up 50 to 60 point seasons as a as a third liner and you know when he came in as a rookie a tiny rookie at that um i think he's a great option for this team i've, I've gone way overboard on, on that <laughs> answer than i even planned to adam um he writes back again hello soda pod it's adam and my question for this week is with how carson susie stepped up for the wild this past season does that pave the way for billy garen to trade Dumba or Brodeen if and when that happens does the spot open up for someone like uh, someone to the likes of Belpedio or Manel to make the NHL roster come next season thanks again man well thank you Adam for uh for participating every week and texting us here 612-324-1684 at the soda pod um a lot there First of all, I don't think Carson Soucy's is the uh, is the catalyst that moves either Dumba or Brodeen. I think the reason behind that is not that Carson Soucy did come out and and have a pretty good season. He, he blew my expectations out of the water, and I know he, I think he did that for the majority of the Minnesota Wild market. However, it's not like he's a bona fide top pairing or even top four guy. He. If he solidifies himself as, you know, a defenseman in the league, even if he plays third pairing, can chime in, you know, in a, in a top four, then that's great. I think that that's a win for both Carson Soucy and this franchise because you don't have to pay him too much down the road. It is what it is. The Minnesota Wild, they have veterans under uh, big contracts. You got to get some you got to get some deals somewhere here, especially, you know, with, with Spurgeon, who, again, is worth it 100%. And I, and I don't think Spurgeon's going to, age that much nor is Zach Parise and, and Ryan Suter for talking about it here uh, right now but again I, I don't think Carson Soucy is the one that moves the needle I think it's the wild need a top center I think that's what ultimately moves the needle the needle and if you can get one for a Matthew Dumba or if you can get one for a Brodeen even if it's like a pretty close to a one for one deal maybe you have to throw in a I don't know, some spice com coming in from either end. I'd have to imagine the Wild will have to throw in something, something else, <laughs> a late draft pick, a, 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 a B-level prospect. I don't know. They'll have to throw something else in the mix to get it done if they truly want a top center, not like a 1B <laughs> Seth Jones, Ryan Johansson type deal. You know, you want to you get your bang for your buck for this one. So I think that's ultimately uh, what moves the needle. And if that happens, 100%. I mean, uh, Minnell, he's an outstanding talent for sure. Um, Belpedio, he, I mean, he, he deserves a shot as well. Um, I, I think that obviously Minnell is the more talented of the two, but Belpedio brings more of that, that grit to his game. And I think they're both going to get a shot out, out of camp and be definitely call-up guys next season. So thanks again, Adam. Appreciate it every week. Keep those texts coming. Uh, on Twitter, actually, we had someone reach out at State of Hoppy. I love the name. It's perfect. Uh, and man, the State of Hoppy, 
been interacting with us pretty much daily, every day, both on my personal account and here at the SodaPod. So thank you very much. Um, asks us, which realistic targets would you be eyeing for a 1C and how much are you willing to cough up for one? Been pondering this more uh, than I'd like to admit given how much time I have on my hands. I think I made it pretty clear that Ryan Nugent Hopkins, because really who else is available? Uh, th that's the thing. And if you want to talk trades, man, I, I'm not prepared for it right now, but uh, I, I can I can get a list going. And, and it won't be like an unrealistic list. It'll be a list where there's an argument that the, that the player coming to the wild or potentially coming to the wild uh, could be moved by said team. So thanks for asking this question. Um, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to you. Again, segment brought to you by the Open Phone app. 10 bucks a month. Great monthly rates. Check them out. Open Phone app com or on any of your podcast apps uh thanks manscaped as well southern scholars and coolhockey.com we have a promo code for each of them to get a ton of deals promo code thpn i'll run down more of our sponsors uh throughout the episode but i think speaking of rundowns i should give uh, the rundown for the rest of the show here just a little bit of nhl talk um, and a quick prospect profile of one of the recent signings that uh, these last few weeks I keep saying that I'm, that I'm going to get to. And hey, I'm rolling them out slowly. I'm rolling them out slowly. Did one last week. Um, then we're going to get into our guest segment, like I mentioned, right off the hop. Former National Hockey League player, now mindset mentor Bradley Lieb joined the show. And it was, it was truly outstanding. So thanks again, Brad. Uh, then we'll end off by talking about our poll question, which I'm pumped because it's related to the news that Kirill Kaprizov is coming to the state of hockey as soon as possible, when able. And uh, and yeah, that, that's as much of a tease as I'll give it right now. Let's get into segment one. So with the salary cap projected to f basically be flat, 81 mil again, I imagine teams are must be... Uh, must be going to get some relief, no? Especially like a team like the Vancouver Canucks, who, well, have conditional picks tied up to this year. The the, the pick that was sent to Tampa in exchange for for J T Miller, the, the conditions in the pick was it became it became a twenty twenty pick if or twenty twenty one pick if the Vancouver Canucks made the playoffs, and if they didn't make the playoffs, it became a twenty twenty pick, or maybe it was the other way around. I actually think it was in the Canucks' favor this time. So yeah, if they didn't make the playoffs, it was it became a 2021 pick. Um, don't quote me on that. I haven't been following the Canucks much this year. But anyways, a team like that will have to will ha obviously have that addressed and maybe get some sort of leeway or, or compensation uh, for that. And also teams who made deadline deals for likes. You know, again, if we're gonna talk about the Vancouver Canucks here, for Tyler Toffoli. Um, the Minnesota Wild, do they fall into that category? No, because they made an awesome trade a few weeks of, <laughs> a few weeks before the deadline. Uh, you know, the Jason Zucker trade there. Um, but you could you could look around the league and make an argument that there are some other teams who made, you know, deadline deals. Because it was actually a pretty exciting trade deadline uh, this season that they deserve some sort of compensation in a maybe even two complimentary buyouts. Um, we will dive into that next because Ryan and I... Uh, caught up for uh, 30 minutes thus give me some extra time to dive into more nhl news on episode 56 of the soda pod we'll get into the bill peters signing too next week 
Um, or just tune into Offside by a Mile, episode 55's, again, the Colorado Avalanche show here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as I was a guest on their show, again, episode 55, and we dove into that topic uh, for a little bit as well. Pretty big of Akeem Alou for his statement on the matter after, and I imagine... I imagine it's because he's being hounded by Polybians and media for a comment, but the comment was uh, was, was really professional. And again, we'll get into all of that next week because I want to talk about the wild, uh, a wild-related topic quick here before we hand things over to Brad. Um, I've been talking about the NCAA and prospect signings. I've been teasing it throughout the weeks. We talked about uh, Mitchell Chafee last week. And I'm going to get into them, uh, well, probably a single one that, as we roll out here. There's not many. And uh, and maybe even do a little bit more prospect talk and, and take a deeper dive into that since, hey, I've got nothing but time on my hands. This week, Damien Giroux, um, I couldn't find a ton of film on him, but from what I could find and watch, strong kid for sure. Like of just a... <laughs> Uh, there's a clip that none of you in the U.S. will know will know about, so I'm not even going to plug it in here or imitate it. But he's got a strong body, this kid, and uh, he's got an accurate shot too. I find his wrist shots rather quick, and he's a mature young man, strong on the puck. Um, I haven't watched enough of his skating, admittedly, to even say if he's like a, f- a, a super fast skater in regards to um, him, like his his, his carving. Um, or just him being like any, or him having any finesse to his skating, rather, or even if he's really fast uh, north south, you know. Um, from some of the highlights, like the whole play was just moving really fast, so it's hard to tell if he stood out in particular. Having said that, that kind of shows that in some of the highlights I watched, his speed didn't necessarily stand out in particular, so I'd have to assume he doesn't have blazing speed, but again, no, no real comment on if he's like, <laughs> if if he's a, a tremendous skater or not out there. I, from what I found, he's not too aggressive either, but he's a smart hockey mind. Man, does he have a good brain for the game all around. He's a gamer, and he's got a first-win mentality. 25 points, 8 goals in his first season with the Saginaw Spirit of the Ontario Hockey League in 53 games. The next season, 43 points, 19 goals in 68 games. And he had the A on his sweater in his second year on the team so that says something about his leadership attributes as well the following year got the c 51 points 30 goals in in 67 games and outstanding playoff run as well nine goals and 13 points in 17 games and then this year sporting the c as well uh, in 61 games a whopping 44 goals how are ya and 75 points this kid uh like i said he can shoot the puck he can he can score goals and one Really cool clip uh, here, which I'm going to play, courtesy of Joey uh, Batano on YouTube. In, in 2017, uh, the Saginaw Spirit f- were f- trailing 6 nothing to the Sarnia Sting after the second period, and they came back. They came back and scored six goals, the, last, uh, the, the sixth and tying goal, being scored by Damien Giroux, a young Damien Giroux at the time, and they ended up winning that game in overtime. And and just here's the call of Saginaw winning that game. It, it's uh, it's just one of those it's it's one of those calls. It's it's unbelievable. Jenkins stole it. Jenkins center. Giroux. Oh! Scores! He scores. Damien Giroux, six goal comeback. Drags it out the center. Forty five seconds remaining in overtime. Koski 
turning it back in. Here's Cole Koski, full out of steam. He's in a goal! Oh. Save Fazio, he scored! He scored! It bounced in off Fazio and in! The Spirit win it! Seven to six! Seven goals unanswered to win it! They pile off the bench! So much excitement must have been had calling that game. I mean, I, I do broadcasting for Junior B, or I, I did do broadcasting for Junior B out here in Vancouver Island, and whenever the team, the home team that you're calling like is involved in a, in a huge comeback, it's it's exhilarating. It really is. By the way, I didn't I didn't even go off talking about the Pacific Pilsner like I said I would. Oh man, I went on a tangent earlier and uh didn't even get to my my original point, but I'm I'm just polishing off the can right now. Give me a second here. Oh. That's it. I went on a whole tangent about it being late and uh <laughs> to bring it back full circle what half an hour later um <laughs> i uh, my head hurt this morning i haven't been i haven't been drinking i haven't been well i've been taking care of my body and and exercising and eating healthy throughout this well throughout being isolated because if any of you have been listening to the last few episodes and thank you if you if you have you'll know very well that i've been saying constantly that i'm very lucky to be isolating out in a on a beautiful property right near the ocean with a bunch of mountain biking trails in my backyard so i've just been taking advantage of my surroundings here and uh taking this time just to take care of myself both it starts physically with me anyways um before mentally and we'll, we'll get into a, a lot of well similar conversations like that with Bradley Lieb momentarily. But uh, Dylan and I, I mean, long story short, we we want we want to every now and then provide something for for Patreon to both to give incentive for incentive to to more hosts to do it. But th- to be honest, our hosts are doing a tremendous job with with Patreon and YouTube and, and extracurriculars right now. So um, big shout out to them if they're listening. But Dylan and I, every every now and then, want to you know do our part as well. So we honestly just. At around 9.30 p.m. last night, we planned to talk maybe for like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. Just shoot the breeze and uh, and just kind of catch up, uh, catch some of the listeners in the Hockey Podcast Network Patreon users up on just some of the things coming up for the network and this summer. And, um, and also to test out just Facebook Live, YouTube Live. YouTube Live wasn't working, so we ended up going live on Facebook at around 10 and we sent out, you know, we sent out the bat signals to some of our friends and some of the hosts on the network saying, hey, okay, if you want to jump on, you know, feel free to jump on. It's a live video. We'll post the podcast on uh, on Patreon. So many hosts came on board. The Pink Whitney started rolling. The Brain Slap Moonshine started rolling. I'm looking at the empty bottles right now uh, as I record this. And, um, and it was a lot of fun, but we went until midnight. And uh, we went for just over two hours, um, and uh, did not expect that. So didn't get a lot of sleep, which I've, that's you know part of taking care of myself. I've been trying to get more sleep, um, and my my head hurt just because like hey I haven't been boozing. And it's not like I went nuts. I drank like I don't know two two drinks of the Pink Whitney, maybe three drinks of the Brain Slap, which is a lot for someone who hasn't been drinking. And so today I didn't want I didn't want alcohol at all, but it's the Soda Pod. I cracked uh, a, a Pacific Pilsner brewed in. Good old Prince George, British Columbia, home of the Spruce Kings and the Cougars, and uh, and I, my my roommates, landmates, they gave me one with dinner, and I didn't even want it with dinner, so I, I just I, I saved it and I cracked it here for all you listeners. So there you go. Shout out Pacific Pilsner. Why don't you sponsor the Soda Pod yet? Probably because well, most mostly everyone 
listening to this is in Minnesota. All right, folks. Um, that, that'll that wrap up just the, the little NHL Minnesota Wild uh, talk portion of this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, myself, at VI Sports Talk, and, of course, the Soda Pod, at the Soda Pod. The best thing you can do today is rate and review the network and the shows you like, even if the review is ridiculous. Help us stay on top of the sports charts. You can, As long as you give us five stars, you can tell us what you fucking had for breakfast. I don't even care. Five stars, baby. It means so much to us, and we thank everyone who's already done it. I'll go through some of the recent uh, reviews, both for the network and the Soda Pod, uh, soon. I want to, I want to bring a lot to the table, so it doesn't seem like we're just reading one out like a pigeon every week. Um, reminder: We have a poll question every week at the Soda Pod, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Write-ins are always encouraged. Again, it's all about interaction here uh, during, well, during this pandemic. All of us interacting online and here at the Soda Pod, we encourage every single week the soda pod is a product of the hockey podcast network and it is brought to you by southern scholars men's premium socks we have a contest going on at hockey pod net so go check that out on twitter and don't forget to use the promo code thpn for five dollars off each item or your subscription to the monthly subscription boxes again thpn promo code at southern scholar men's premium socks Let's get into segment two. Um, Brad Lieb, a person I, uh, well, I now call a friend, fellow Vancouver Island resident who, while already talking off air, has been such a delight. Um, we view life in a similar lens cognitively, and he's already he's already been giving me big brother style advice, just talking, shooting the breeze uh, um, outside, you know, any media outlet. So truly an honor to have connected, sir. Without further ado, uh, Brad Lieb. All right, everybody, we are joined by a former Red Deer Rebel, a World Junior Champion star, a former Canuck, a Maple Leaf. He's played pro hockey for 14 years, both here in North America, the UK, and Europe. He now works as a leadership coach slash mentor, but most importantly, he's made Vancouver Island his beautiful home. Welcome to the Soda Pod, Mr. Bradley Lieb. Thank you, Aisha. That's a great intro. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, how are you doing today, sir? I mean, thanks for making some time for us here today. Uh, right before the COVID-19 outbreak really caught fire, I moved up to the Comox Valley. How's everything going in Victoria, both personally, uh, family-wise, and with you know the city's response to this pandemic? Yeah, it's definitely been interesting times, and I've been staying at home, so I, I don't really um, know what's going on downtown Victoria. Um, when I do go out, there's there's people that are, are very respectful, keeping their distance. Um, hasn't really been a lot of panic around around the city, so I think everybody's doing okay. And and uh, yeah, just just interesting times to say the least. Yeah, like like I said, I was just moving out when kind of the the air and the intensity of it kind of was ramping up a little bit but I did notice that Victoria overall was doing a was doing a good job um too many people for my liking at Mount Doug which uh, I think I did the right decision of I pulled up there and was like ah oh, there's too many cars here I'm going to I'm going to do my part and, and drive home but but other than that I mean like you said the downtown from what I've 
from what I've been uh, following anyways, everyone's been really respectful and still helping out small businesses in, you know, whatever safe way they can. And up here in the Comox Valley, everyone's doing a, a tremendous job as well. So shout out to all the Islanders listening to this podcast and, and helping out the community here. Um, all right, Brad, there's a lot I want to get into here, so I'll waste no time. Uh, let, let's start with some hockey stories and then take a deeper dive into, well, how you live today and what you're doing to support not only uh, uh, men and, and athletes, but just people in general. Um, you you are uh, of Cree First Nation descent, and as someone personally who grew up in Prince George, BC, um, and, and Vancouver Island, both rich with indigenous history and culture, I was lucky that my parents were always close to surrounding communities, and thus I, I've had the honor of taking in some of the teachings of the local communities pretty much all my life, um, from mindfulness practices to cultural and social teachings, but also learning about and accepting that Canada is not so perfect and, and reconciliation is still in order. Having said all that, what is your connection to, to your Cree heritage? And uh, and to jump on that, what is the hockey world, I mean, up here in Canada anyways, in your eyes, um, how has it evolved over the years to provide more support for young indig- indigenous youth in both the hockey world and, and in uh, communal aspects? Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud. Of, first of all, yeah, first of all, very proud of, of my 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 Cree heritage and and being half First Nations, I get it from my my mom's side of the family. She grew up in uh, Hobima, Alberta, what, what is now Moskwitchies, uh Ermanskin Band, and and yeah, I I guess I I'm I have a very I have a lot of relatives that still live in Alberta and some that live on the reserves, and and I, I guess I was somewhat fortunate not to be um, to, to have all the challenges that, that some of them have. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that, that my mom did everything she could to, to help us out, me and my brother. Um, and, and that, that, um, help, I guess, g- gives me a lot of respect and, and wanting to, you know, help out. And, um, I know there's, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that are just starting to, to really, you know, do do a lot of good and, and, and create the awareness. I think awareness is is key for for anything to start. Um, I played with a couple of guys, Aaron Ashton, to start playing with him in, in, in Red Deer. He's got some programs in in uh, Manitoba. Uh, Alfie Micho, who's part of um, the Maine uh, University of Maine, is also from Manitoba, and he has some hockey schools and and stuff that he's got going. I know, obviously, Jordan Tutu does a lot. Um, and the the Nolan family, uh, Ted, Jordan, Brandon, that like they're very much involved in the community, and and so so even with that, as, as we kind of mentioned, just I would like to use this as even a platform to invite anyone listening that may have um, different ways for me to get involved. That I like, like I said, I, I have a um, a deep uh, respect for. For the community and the culture, and 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 even my uncles. I, I have an uncle. Um, look up the name Ted Hodgson. He played with the Boston Bruins. He played, I believe, one one game of the Boston Bruins back in the day. He was a rookie at the same time as Bobby Orr. Uh, so that's that hockey is kind of in my blood. And what I know from from those experiences from from my uncles playing hockey and, and other uncles that have played pro hockey is. Hockey was kind of their escape. It was kind of their, you know, as as for a lot of us, it's it's a way to just you know enter into this new world and forget about life for for a little while. So the game of hockey in its purest form was, was really um, 
you know, therapeutic in a way. So, you know, I would love to um, get involved in, and, 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 and help that help, help out and kind of, you know, spread um, any kind of knowledge that I have and, and help anyone kind of share in that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because from my experience working in the health field, I I studied child and youth care for a long time and and being so close to the the indigenous communities out here on the West Coast in particular, but but all over, I mean, it's all over the United States and Canada. um, You know, sport is still uh, a very big and special thing to these communities, you know, lacrosse as well. I mean, uh, both I mean, the indigenous people thrived in lacrosse in the, in the early days of history, and same with hockey. There's there's a ton of history there, especially in northern Canada, that we won't get into right now. But if, if people do want to do the research, the the history is so rich and amazing. Um, but but what a lot of these youth need in, in support is accessing the tools to navigate this society without obviously abandoning their rich and spiritual culture, which um, is our responsibility as Canadians to help keep alive. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I, you know, we'll kind of get into things as we go, but, you know, even the work that I'm involved with now, like hockey aside, I feel like this kind of, um, you know, personal coaching, leadership development, those kind of things in, in, in the most foundational pieces of it can help all of us. I, I have a teenager that I'm introducing concepts to and, you know, just as a, as a, as a mental and, and, and mind kind of strengthening and um, awareness, like those kind of fundamentals can, can, can be helpful, you know, in whatever situation that you're in. Absolutely. And we will get into it shortly, but let's, let's jump back to hockey right now. Um, and, and back to your days with the, with, with the Red Deer Rebels of the Western Hockey League. I mean, yes. how, how excited were you to play with that team growing up, being like a local kid in that community? I mean, personally, my, my experience just around that team is uh, I had season tickets to the Calgary Hitmen right after I graduated high school, moved up to Calgary for work. And some of my best memories were driving up to Red Deer with the supporters group to watch, you know, at the time, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Matt Dumba on that team rip it up. And it was cool. Just, I mean, that rink had such great, had such a great vibe to it and the town just loved that team so so back to my question I mean how excited were you being a being an Alberta kid close to that area to play for the Red Deer Rebels well I'll, I'll be completely honest I was drafted uh, by the by the Rebels in the BAM draft and when I found out that I was drafted by the Rebels I was kind of disappointed as, as a kid I was kind of excited to to move away and kind of follow your dreams and and I think that's you know, you, you just get caught up in, in wanting to, to um, you know, do those things. And looking back on it, I'm so grateful that I had that time at home. I was able to live at home and, and you know, be with my mom and dad and, until I was 20 years old. A lot of kids are moving away these days at 14. Um, I have a 17-year-old that goes to the Okanagan Hockey Academy right now. And, and you know, just a, a profound respect for, you know, billet families and, and their contribution to our junior hockey players across this country. But I was, I was just, I was excited to, 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 you know, play in front of all your, your friends and family on, you know, every night. And, and really, I, I kind of felt like the coolest kid in town. And, you know, it, just looking back, it was such, it was such a great experience. And, and, um, you know, one that I'll remember forever. Yeah, and you know, every year you developed in regards to your offensive output. Anyways, um, what were some of the like the coaches or players on that team that, that you remember really helped you in your development? Yeah, well, I mean, we we, we had 
I, I came through, you know, the, the team was, was just kind of a, a, a new team coming out of the, the, um, the expansion kind of um, years. And then we, we had a, a lot of, um, you know, veteran players. I mean, the guys that come to mind when I was, when I was 16, a guy like uh, Peter Vandermeer, you know, Vandermeer brothers, you know, played all over in so many different teams. Like just uh, having, having a guy like Pete around, uh, Pete Leboutelier was another one. Um, you know, Sean Soames, or these are names that were the old, the old guard when I went through. Um, and then by the time I was, I was the, the, the oldest kind of kid in the room. Then we had, you know, guys like, uh, Justin Mabletoff that were coming through, um, you know, guys like Shane Bandera, the goalie that was, that was coming through Devin Frank on and, 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 uh, and then Jim Vandermeer, another Vandermeer brother. So like, these are the guys that went on the year after I left, they won the, uh, the Memorial cup. So, you know, just happy to be part of that, that team. And, and yeah, the Dumba days, I think that was like 10 years after my time. So I guess that kind of puts a <laughs> puts a timeline on, on, on my era. Yeah. But you're a part, like you said, of a, of a developing club and, and program, which is amazing to see that. Yeah. They, you know, towards the end of it, unfortunately, you weren't a part of it, but that you did help in create uh, a great program and, you know, lead them to the next year anyways, developing with some of these guys and obviously passing passing some of your wisdom uh, upon them that they were able to get it done the, the next year. But man, you've, you've competed, you know, obviously various levels of hockey throughout the world and in professional hockey, but also in the World Junior Championship. Um, Canada came up short against the Russians in 99, but you had a historical performance. I mean, tell us about that legendary World Junior performance of yours as well as about some of the guys on that team. I mean, Simone Gagne, Brendan Morrow come to mind, um, whom you actually uh, tied with tournament scoring. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, and, and even more so just because it was on Canadian soil. Like Absolutely, being in Winnipeg, yeah. it was, you know, the, the, old, the old barn before they ripped it down, and um you know it was packed every every game that we had and and you know everybody's watching across canada so it was just a great experience to be part of that in canada and 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 yeah like you know playing on the line with with brendan morrow simon gagne and 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 really you know all the, the whole roster like it's it's such an experience to be around people like that and 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 as with everything like i was i was i was on the team because you know, I, I had a good year starting out, you know, as a 19-year-old in, in, in Red Deer. And, and really what happened is I, I had a good camp. And, and this is, you know, I think back to these things because really, as with life, like everything's about opportunity and kind of being ready for an opportunity. I went in, I had a good camp, and things have to go your way. So, yeah, a couple pucks go in and, and you get a couple points. There's also, you know, guys, guys like Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe are still in the NHL. So that kind of dynamic helped me as well. If those guys come back, then, you know, I might be bumped off. You know, I probably would be bumped off the roster. So, you know, just having that opportunity, jumping in there and just, you know, you're, you're running on adrenaline. You're, you're, you're having a good time. And, and uh, yeah, we, we had a, a pretty memorable run. And, you know, it's still, you know, the competitive part of me still, still stings thinking about losing double overtime to the Russians. Um, Artem Chuberov, uh, you know, <laughs> scored the winning goal and, and had to go uh, to training camp with them the next year in Vancouver. Oh. Um, so, you know, it's 
it, it was it was a great experience um and and and, and yeah like you know the, the 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 most memorable part i think you're kind of touching on it was um we had a we had a pretty spectacular to say the least um uh quarterfinal game against the kazakhs we won 12-2 or something like that and i think i ended up getting uh five or six points well, describe what it's like to, and Terry Ryan talks about this on his podcast, especially when uh, when he went down back to junior, um, when he his first year with the Montreal Canadiens and, and actually joined the Red Deer Rebels. You know, his he said that like his offensive output was just unbelievable there because, and it wasn't because you know he was the star coming down and running the show. It was, and he and he says this a lot that he was the sum of of, of a, a lot of parts. And that, um, and when you come together as a team, sometimes it, do, it doesn't matter if you know one guy could be dominant on their own or, or another. Sometimes you just get that chemistry, and it seemed like, anyways, from from what I uh, what I researched and watched of, of some of the old film of this tournament, that that's that's in particular what your line accomplished. Absolutely, I think you know a team needs everybody. A team needs all kinds of of different players playing different roles. And, you know, I think it's the, the buy-in from, from everybody on the team to their role and, you know, buy-in to what the, the mission is, um, you know, that, that creates that success. And, and another thing is I think, you know, that, that World Junior team, I think almost everybody, if not everybody, was either a captain or an assistant captain on their team. Oh, wow. So, so going, you know, you, you get that type of person um you talk about knowing your role and 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 wanting to um you know everybody's uh you know pulling towards the same mission so this is this is kind of what i get into even with the work i'm in now it's just it doesn't matter if it's if it's in sport or if it's in business or if it's you know even in a family dynamic if we all have the same you know goals commitments vision then we can really accomplish great things and 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 a big part of that is those individuals you know you you hear the phrase you got to check your ego at the door well you know that that really is literally true i mean we should drop our egos at the door and leave them there forever and at the same time like you're not accomplishing that if you don't have those kind of individuals accepting their roles and 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 wanting to 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 pull the same way so you know, yeah, it, it's um, it was a, a special time and, 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 and a great team. We, we, we weren't by far, um, you know, one of the top kind of junior teams that, that Canada's ever put together, but we, we were definitely a team. And, and uh, you know, we worked and we skated and, and, and just came up short. Again, folks, we are joined by Brad Lieb, former professional hockey player, now leadership coach slash mentor. Follow him on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb. Uh, you mentioned just moments ago that you uh, you signed your first pro contract with the Vancouver Canucks, and you spent your first pro season down in Syracuse with the with the Crunch. Um, just describe uh, the jump from Major Junior, arguably the toughest of the three CHL leagues, I might add, in, in the in the WHL, uh, to the American League. And what were some of the struggles and accomplishments you personally face? Uh, now after years of reflection, which I know you constantly do. <laughs> I, I do, I do. You, you know me well already. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking back, it's, I think, you know, I, I was there as a 20-year-old, and, you know, just to, you, you obviously you feel, I'm, I, like I'm an adult, I can take on anything, and, and really, you, 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 you don't have 
the a lot of life experience yet. So you, there, there is a lot of you know trying to fit in and 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 you know just finding your way along with trying to play hockey. Like you know you're, you're trying to find your way you know in the game in the league with the team, but also in life. Like you know living in Syracuse is great. I, I live. Um, close to a few other guys, and, and uh, it was really a, an eye-opening experience. And, and you know, I, I, I look back at the roster, and um, you know, some of the some of the older guys that that really kind of helped me along. Um, guys from guys from Minnesota, Brian Bonin uh, from St. Paul, um, veteran player that's been around for a long time, and, and and Darby Hendrickson played with us for a little while. Um, he got he got uh, some sort of conditioning stint down down in Syracuse, and we had him w- with us for a little bit. And uh, yeah, like it's it's with anything the the, the leadership group really um, is super important, and and especially especially for young kids, um, young young men trying to trying to find their way. Yeah, I always see, especially in in today's NHL, that you you can have the most stacked. AHL team with young prospects with uh, immense talent, you know, both from Europe or you know from CHL or college. But if you don't have if you don't have a few of those veterans on the, on those veteran contracts, you know, uh, plugging away in the AHL to to really show the show these kids what it what it means to be a leader and to be a pro, then those teams are usually the ones who who fail at the end of the day to to, to reach their championship respectively. Uh, not only did you have uh, some some great leaders on that team though, Brad, you had some monsters. So I'd love to hear a few words on the likes of like Reggie Savage, Mike Brown, and Yarko Ruto. Yeah, definitely. We had uh, <laughs> we had a few guys with uh, with a lot of pins that year, I, I think. <laughs> and yeah, starting starting with Brownie. I mean, I, I played junior with, with with Mike Brown and 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 played on the line with him um, off and on, like throughout my my time in, in Syracuse and. And what what I was grateful about, and I always grateful about Brownie, is like he's a big guy and he likes the rough stuff. Perfect. I wasn't very big, <laughs> still not obviously, but you know, it, it he just he took all the attention away from you know some of the other big guys back in the day. I mean, if you if you were under six feet and under two hundred pounds, like you know, you, you were almost an afterthought. So there wasn't very many players like that around. I think it's changed a little bit, obviously. Uh, but but yeah, having a guy like Brownie skating around, you know, creates a little room. Uh, Reggie Savage, I think he's he's a he's a legend in Syracuse. He's I think he got his uh, his number retired there. Another veteran guy, and um, yeah, Rutu. That was kind of the start of his um, uh, career right before he, he started uh, playing in the show. And and same old Rutu, same wanting to stir it up and <laughs> and. Uh, you know, his, his pins reflected that. And, you know, it's one of those guys that you, you're happy he's on your team and, and not, not the other side. Yeah, we saw a lot more of those guys back in uh, the older rendition of the, the American League. Even, even these days, yeah. uh, you know, talking to you and Terry and some of the other former players who played even 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, it's, uh, it's still the jungle, but uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot more smooth than it was uh, back in the day. Um, you, you absolutely had a, had a great uh, career with the AHL. Um, 
with the St. John's Maple Leafs, 61 points, uh, 49 in one season, 58 with the Toronto Marlies in 2005-2006. So ha having said all that, knowing that you know you could play at that level and getting a few cups of coffee with the National Hockey League, what ultimately influenced your decision to take your talents to Europe and uh, the DEL in particular? Yeah, simply my brother was playing over there, um, and you know opportunity as well. But my my brother uh, played about ten years in in the in the German DEL, um, and before we played our last year together in the UK. But before I went over to Europe, we had never played on the same hockey team. So we grew up oh, really? Red Alberta playing playing. Yeah, he's two years older than me. Oh, okay. So in in minor hockey. You know, he would always move up a level, and I would move up a level, and we we never got to be in the same level and and actually try and play in the same team. So, uh, you know, my brother Greg, he's he's been a, a a big influence on my you know my life and my career, and and it was just it was an opportunity to go over there and and play in the same team and 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 even play in the same line. He's a he's a centerman, and I'm a right winger, and uh, you know we got to play. Uh, four years together in in Nuremberg, and then and then one year, our final year, we went over to the UK. So, you know, it was just special times to to be able to play with him and and be around his family and um and and yeah, just a, a great experience. Um, another great experience brought by the game of hockey. Um, former professional hockey player Dave Tomlinson, a guy from uh, from out here in Vancouver, now works for TSN Radio. Um, I actually caught up with him last summer and he, he carved out a, a tremendous career in the DEL and said he felt like a superstar when he was there. Um, he actually made a good living and, had, and you know had a satisfying career before hanging up his skates. You just mentioned you finished off your career with your brother in the UK, but was your experience I mean, similar to Dave's in that when you hung up the skates after playing in Europe and North America that you felt satisfied and, and proud about the career that you had? Definitely. I think, you know, satisfied from from a place of like looking back and and thinking wow like i i i've had a lot of cool experiences in my life i've got to see a lot of the world that i i never would have thought i would have got to see um got to play with my brother professionally overseas um and 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 yeah i mean it's it's amazing that the the, the amount of leagues and opportunities that that are are around you know, even even starting from different colleges and universities in North America, and then you know the leagues in 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 Germany. As far as I know, one of the leagues that has the most kind of import players that they can play. So obviously, a lot of North Americans are over there. But you know, there before we went to the to the UK, honestly, I didn't know they had a league there. You know, when I when I was playing over in Germany, guys started to go over to the Asian Hockey League. I didn't even know they had a league over there. Now these leagues are starting to um you know just just develop and, and and guys are 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 more aware of them and and the leagues are actually getting really good they're they're not they're they're no joke anymore so like even even our last year in the UK uh was was uh 2013 uh, i believe uh the lockout year and and uh you know there's some some NHL guys um in that league um, just coming over, uh, wanting to skate. We had Matt Bolesky, who was with Anaheim at the time. He came over and played with us. So, you know, yeah, just I, I think of of just all those experiences and grateful for, for for all those experiences. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it was um, 
it just felt like time to move on. It just felt like, okay, what else is there? Okay, I feel like, you know, there, there's something else that I need to be doing. And, and you know, grateful to finish off the career with my brother and then grateful to be able to, you know, walk away, um, you know, as, retire with your own, as, as your own choice. You know, there's, there's only a few ways you can really retire. They can tell you to leave, you can get hurt, or you can choose to leave. So I'm grateful that I was able to choose to leave. It's great that you mentioned and, and, you know, gave a little shout out to, you know, the budding leagues at the time when you were playing that are now thriving. You know, right off the top of my head, you know, I'd think of the UK League, but also, um, oh, I forget the name of the league itself, but the Australian Hockey League as some former WHL players from out here on the island, uh, the Victoria Royals have actually carved out a career playing in Australia. There was a young yeah, yeah. player who played a few, I believe played a few games in the playoffs for the Washington Capitals when they won their Stanley Cup a few years ago who came out of and developed in the Australian League. And he's, I believe he was one of the only Australian players who've ever played in the NHL as well. So it's really cool the, that the, you mentioned that and uh, that we all give credit to those leagues. Um, Brad, the first half of this interview is kind of devoted to telling your, your story in regards to your hockey career, but uh, your story just continues right after that, and you're far more than just just a retired hockey player, obviously, with the work that you do today and and a lot of the wisdom you uh, you possess. So I want to talk about um, you know what you're up to today and how you got to this point. I mean, you're an open book, and, and I really respect that. Uh, you're a very wise man, and, and when we caught up to get, get to know each other uh, last week, um, and prior to this hit here, I recognized right away uh, the wisdom, the amazing listening and reflection talents you, you possess. Were you always that way? I mean, I'd love to. I'd love for you to share your story uh, post playing hockey uh, to our listeners. Absolutely. I I think I have been always that way. I, I've always, um, you know, been been a thinker and 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 uh, a learner. And you know, I go back to you know when I was seventeen. I begged my mom to buy me the the Anthony Robbins Personal Power 2 program. So that's back when back when he was actually known as Anthony. So Tony Robbins had this program. He, so I begged my mom to, to, to get it and, and you know she she eventually gave in and so this you know 20 CD set came in the mail. I was in my basement listening to the whole thing. Still have the all the notes that I had um, you know writing it out and and so that kind of thinking and that kind of learning and that kind of um, um, interest, like you know, to the the personal development field, the self help section in the in the bookstore has always been my favorite section. And and from a sport perspective, a lot of that stuff lends to mindset. It lends itself to mental strength. And so when I when I retired, I started working for a transformational leadership company. Uh, which really to me is, is working with a team again. It's, you know, leadership, communication, speaking and listening and, 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 and creating the culture of, of leadership in your business. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there learning about uh, like, really there's, that's a thing. Like, that's just like, you know, working with a team and working in a dressing room. So, I, I eventually kind of um, kind of understood that like all these lessons, I, I love the game of hockey and any sport really that, that actually teaches uh, and lends to different ways of, of, of creating success. And, um, you know, I always refer to everything back to hockey in, in reference to, you know, anything I'm doing now, but in, in, in the big picture, it's like, 
those things are, are the successful foundations for anything in life. Like I mentioned, like it doesn't matter if it's sport, if it's business, if it's life, you know, these, these things are foundational to whatever you're up to. So I really got into this work, you know, that kind of led to, um, getting, a, a certification as a life coach. I'm an ICF certified, uh, coach and, I've been working uh, with individuals since 2015 um, and now working and wanting to expand that work uh, into uh, more groups and teams. So when you were you know, developing your skills and becoming a life coach and, and, and learning about all this stuff post-playing career, um, what did you learn about yourself in the process and, and how did you uh, personally grow because obviously growth comes first before you can help people. Someone like myself who's worked in childcare and, and in the social work fields. Um, I, I mean, I can attest to that first and foremost, which is, you know, my listeners know, know me well because I rant about this quite a bit. But like the reason why I, I ultimately left that field is because I recognized, you know, upon learning about myself that uh, that I took too much home with me. And, 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 you know, I could go on and on about the, the things that I learned about myself that just wouldn't have been able to, to properly help the people I work with. So in, in your journey of, you know, acquiring all these tools and 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 becoming certified and stuff i mean what what were some of the personal uh gross and 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 i guess even maybe some trials that you had to go through uh learning about yourself yeah absolutely and you know even even with what you just shared like what i hear is your awareness like i think that that really is the start of 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 everything for for all of us so you know i i my story includes you know different challenges and, and I understand that everybody goes through stuff and it, it, I don't share from a place of wanting to compare as much as like this is my story and you know there was a time um, when I was still playing hockey it was the summer of 2002 I was rehabbing a knee injury at the time uh, my girlfriend at the time told me uh, she was pregnant uh, my mom was sick and in and out of the hospitals and, and she ended up passing away at the end of the month in August. Um, and then on the day of her funeral, I, I got traded, uh, from Vancouver to Toronto. So, you know, as a 23 year old young man, like that was a lot of change in my world. And I didn't know how to really navigate that I you know I I'm an adult I can deal with it and you know you kind of have that kind of front on but you know underneath that it's like I had a lot of hurt I had a lot of pain I had a lot of anger it's like when like what do you do with that and, and being in a sport that you could really hide it and you know the the year after my mom passed away um that next hockey season I I had the most penalty minutes I've ever had you know you look at something like that like that's that's not because I just started to become wanting to be a goon. That's because I had all this unprocessed stuff that I didn't look at. So, you know, having that awareness and, and, you know, then analyzing kind of even further that I really escaped through alcohol, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, you know, the hockey culture, let's go for some beers after the game. And, you know, again, not to make that wrong. It's just that I, didn't know how to navigate that and then I didn't I had all this pain and hurt that I you know wouldn't know how to say stop and then you know you get blackout drunk and and get yourself into trouble so you know this is kind of that was kind of my story and 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 then when I retired uh my my dad passed away and and I started to ask different questions I started to okay well you know how am I living my life 
like like am I proud of of what I'm what I'm doing? One of the one of the biggest things if you're if you want to um, you know check in with your own awareness, a, a good question to ask is is where where am I out of integrity? So you know we're all out of integrity in some place of our life at, at, at whatever time. It, it, the, the idea of absolute perfect balance, I don't believe that's possible. As much as you can still check in that, okay, you know, where am I out of integrity with my hockey? I say I want to be playing at this level, but I'm not working out every day. You know, I, I, I know I need to work on this, but I'm, I, I'm not saying what I'm, I, my, my actions aren't, um, you know, measuring up to, to what I say I want. You know, you can do that in business. I want more sales, but, you know, I'm not really going out and putting myself out there on social media. I'm not really making those phone calls every day. You know, you look at where you're out of integrity in health and finances, in your relationship, relationship with your spouse, relationship with your kids. So, you know, I, I really believe in kind of a holistic health, uh, mind, body, soul. And, you know, so, you know, without getting, you know, too deep, it's just, you know, your, your mindset is kind of how you're thinking. Your soul is kind of your quietness and what are you connected to and your body is kind of your health and your nutrition and your exercise. So I really started to clean up my life in a lot of different ways. Um, and my journey led to Understanding, I had a lot of withholds in my life, and and you know, and this is the this is the open book part. So, you know, stop me whenever I'm I'm rambling too much. As much as to to understand where I came from, and and where I was getting myself into trouble is I I I was I, I cheated on my wife. I, I I had infidelities. I was um, out of integrity in my relationship. Had these infidelities, and they were eating me up inside. So. If you look at health from a holistic point, having anything and, and start with your assessment, what do you need to clean up? Where, do you, where are you out of integrity in order to get to the place where you want to go? So that's been kind of my journey and that was um, you know, a number of years ago and, 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 and I just believe in, in all of us wanting to create our best self. And I want to support my teammates who are now my clients to help them create whatever they want to create and whatever success is to them. Well, thank, thank you for sharing, you know, your journey and story. I know that we talked prior to coming on here about, you know, not only coming on this platform to, to share stories about hockey, but to, to show that, you know, the, the practices that now that you teach and, and talk with, uh, talk about with your clients, um, they, they can be put into action and you're you're you know a great example of that with uh, the way that you talk about mindfulness the way that you talk about the the mind body the soul and how you kind of have to take care of it all um, to, to gain that awareness and to take that next step uh, to, to take care of yourself and to, to reach your goals and and ultimately success so I, I really appreciate you you sharing that Brad um how did you how did you end up on Vancouver Island and I know you talked a little bit about what you do now uh, in working with with people in the mental health field and and in a leadership role but i can throw terms out like mindset mentor leadership coach but i find with talking to everyone about uh, about these who have those titles everyone brings something unique to the practice so so how did you end up on vancouver island and what's your what's your niche what's what's unique about the way that you go about this 
Yeah, Vancouver Island is is home now uh, simply because my my kids live here. I have three kids, and uh, you know I'm in Victoria and absolutely love it out here. Love the West Coast. Um, still go back to Red Deer to visit, but but Vancouver Island's home, and 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 that's because families you know, one of my, one of my values. And yeah, there, there, there is all kinds of, of different um, titles. It's, you know, when I think of, you know, personal coaching, life coaching, success coaching, I, I, I do, I do um, associate it kind of with, with a teammate. So I want to be a powerful teammate to help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. So, you know, I, I, I'll, and I'll take it, a step back just for a moment because you know related to kind of where we're at where we're all at today we're all in our houses right now currently in this global pandemic and there's, so there's a lot of uncertainty in the world so when there's a lot of uncertainty you know we that's when you can have a lot of fear and you have a lot of stress and you have a lot of anxiety and you know in, in these times of fear anxiety we we want to create certainty so one place to to look at is how you are creating your comfort and your um, and your certainty. Are you, you know, doing it in a powerful way or a disempowering way? And so, an empowering way might be okay. I'm I'm actually taking this time to reflect of of where I'm at in my life and using this as an opportunity, and 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 being able to move my body and 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 kind of use it as a reset or are you constantly sitting there in fear and looking at from a place of 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 lack and of of scarcity and worry and and yes i understand we're all dealing with different things as much as these are the tiny unlocks that lead to shifting your mindset it's how you look at it yes they're in, we're we're in an uncertain world we're going to continue to be in an uncertain world for a while we got a lot of stuff going on in our world right now and with technology and with currency and the economy, like there's a lot of change coming. So to be able to navigate that change most optimally is going to how going to be how you can, you know, create those little unlocks. So I, I work with my teammates to create whatever their success is and not success, whatever society thinks success is or what your parents think you should do. It's like, what is success to you? If it's playing in the NHL, great. Let's go figure out how to do that. If it's a building a business, perfect. What do we have to do? What are the steps along the way? Let's let's sort that out. Maybe success to you is just, you know, being able to pay your bills, hang out with your family on the weekend, and 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 go to every one of your kids' activities. If that's success to you and that makes you happy, that's amazing. Like success. The definition of success should be, I think, um, to do with happiness and fulfillment, not necessarily, um, you know, finances or fame. So I, I resonate with, you know, as a personal coach and leadership training, um, working with, with my teammates to, to help them create their success. Final two questions here, Brad. And um, I think this is important, jumping off everything you said there. Um, especially, you know, with the stress humanity is sharing during this health crisis. Can you speak a little bit more about, um, you know, your experience, like you mentioned, w- with alcohol and some of the things you learned about, 
humans' relationships with stimuli and, and, and other ways to better think about our relationship to them, not to necessarily abandon them altogether. Like, for example, especially out here on the West Coast, um, you know, cannabis is, 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 is legal in Canada and can be used, you know, in a very therapeutic way, both physically and mentally. But, but what are some better ways to understand our relationship to these sort of things to ultimately stay healthy, especially during a time like this? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I, I can go back to, um, you know, the awareness piece and, and, and what you're, you're reaching for comfort. So awareness of, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make alcohol wrong. I'm not going to make, you know, you know, cannabis wrong. What, what, what creates the, the distinction, the tipping point is, is for me is like, if you're abusing it, um, you know, it, it, I think it's an individual choice. Like I, I don't drink anymore because I saw that it wasn't serving me in my life. I don't believe alcohol is a healthy substance period to be putting into your body, into your vehicle. So, you know, that's my personal choice. I, I, I also don't take a lot of, uh, pharmaceuticals just cause I, that's, that's my choice. If I'm not making it wrong, if you have a headache, you want to take a Tylenol. It's, it's if you get possibly addicted to it or if you're just doing it out of, out of um, you know, a bad habit or if you're doing it out of, you know, it's just part of your routine. I think those are the things that, that the awareness piece comes in and, and not like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I can quit whenever I want. Well, can you? Try it. Like, you know, it, talking with yourself as like you're talking to your best friend to, to really check in. Like, hey man, like, you know, or do you think this is a problem? Do you like, do, do you think you need to get help? It's, you know, not making the substances wrong or bad. It's, it's. I think you have to take your own personal awareness of, of how, of how you're using those substances. In my opinion. Well, Brad, this has been unbelievable. I have one last question. We'll bring it full circle back to some hockey stories. Um, we obviously here at the network work very closely with uh, with your friend Terry Ryan as publishers and producers of his podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Let's end off with uh, with one crazy ass TR story for our listeners today. Just one? Well, I mean, we got we got we got ten <laughs> minutes left, so if you can fit two Terry Ryan stories in ten minutes, then by all means. <laughs> well, yeah, there there are I I there are a few, and and I. I consider Terry uh, a really good friend and um, yeah, my first experience uh, of, of him was when he got traded from Tri-Cities to Red Deer. We were going into the playoffs, having a playoff, going, trying to take a, take a, take a run, a run at it that year. And, you know, here comes this guy who had played some games in the NHL and his, his personality was, you know, it's the same as it, as it is right now. It, he has a big personality and, and that came out in everything that he did. So, you know, he needed a new vehicle. So, okay, well, let's go buy, you know, this brand new truck and put all the bells and whistles on it, <laughs> include, including some like Tasmanian devil mud flaps and, <laughs> you know, drive around, you know, Red Deer in, in this big jacked up rig. You know, and 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 on the ice, he, I think he's talked a lot about, you know, just his his on ice celebrations, and you know, he'd, he'd think about all these crazy celebrations to do. He'd, you know, be grab his glove and crack it open like a beer, or take his stick and pretend he's paddling along the ice, and and those, I remember those celebrations 
didn't just end. A lot of them were like when the first star, second star, third star um, came out, and then he came back to the dressing room. Those celebrations would would continue, and, and I remember him doing you know cartwheels and somersaults in, in the dressing room. So, you know, what what I love about Terry is this: like he's he's unapologetically himself. He's always been that way, and even all the stuff that he's done after his career, like. He's been in a reality show. He's been an actor. He's been a stuntman. He's been a stand-up comic. You know, he's been an author. So to me, that's super cool. And especially in, you know, the world that I believe in now is like he is being authentic to himself, which is, you know, which is why we love him. And he's being courageous to do all the things that he wants to do. All these things like, yeah, I, I wish I could do that or I'll do it one day. Like, Terry does those things. So, you know, he's authentic, he's courageous, and, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty special person. I mean, talk about someone who is so self-aware that when he wants to do something, he, he does everything in his power to get it done, both on the ice and, uh, and in life. It's been a... It's been a pleasure to get to know him, and, and Brad, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. This has been outstanding. We're out of time today. Again, thank you for yours. Uh, please stay in touch, stay safe, and stay healthy. Uh, all the best to your family here on the island. Um, I hope we can catch up again very soon, uh, hopefully in person, when uh, this health crisis uh, gets a little bit under control here, since we're both on this beautiful rock of uh, the Hawaii of Canada, that is uh, Vancouver Island. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure to be on. I'd love to come back. And, and uh, if I may, just a, a quick plug. Please do. My, please my, do. My, my service that I'm going to be adding to, you know, offering to the world. Um, I mentioned I want to bring my work into more groups and teams. So so next week on, the, on April 27th, uh, I'm going to be hosting a free webinar to share all the things that I've been talking about and learning throughout my experience and through my training you know, talk about the phases of personal growth, the creating a culture of leadership with yourself and with your team, and how to create your own success process. So it's a free webinar. It's going to be on April 27th. And if you go to bradley.com, my website, there'll be a link there. And uh, I'd love to, uh, to uh, share my knowledge with you. Well, uh, send me more links, any information you have. Brad will share it from both my account on social media and uh, our bigger platform, which is the network, to, to try to get more people uh, familiar with it so they can join your webinar. Again, thanks for your time, Brad. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Aisha. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Brad. That was amazing. Appreciate all the time you give. And uh, I, know, I know we're going to catch up soon, both on the podcast and, uh, well... And hopefully in person, back down in Victoria, when all this, all this craziness soon, and I and I hope soon lifts. Anyways, let's get into the final segment of this show. We've gone uh, gone a little long, which I've said that's okay. We're we're only here uh, at the Hockey Podcast Network now, releasing one episode of content a week in light of, well, in light of making everyone easing everyone's schedule a little bit and uh, giving everyone the opportunity to reach out to a lot of people who are now available. Due to due to being isolated, you know, guests like Brad Lieb and one um, well, and Doug Bodger, actually former National Hockey League player, now uh, assistant coach of the Victoria Royals of the Western Hockey League, he joined. Not only did he join the the Buffalo Sabers podcast, um, Blue and Gold make Darlene here on the network last week, but he caught up with the with the Penguins boys this week at the tip of the iceberg. And by the way, the tip of the iceberg podcast, much like Stick and Rink. 
um, the, the official Caps Chirp, and a few others are starting to roll out some custom merch. So go check out their Twitter pages. Look up the Hockey Podcast Network, like Penguins. Go to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Click on the their icon, and you'll be able to find all their contact information. Man, some of their merch is really cool stuff. I'm gonna have to get, I'm gonna have to get a sick hockey mug from the Pittsburgh boys. And I'm not even like a, I'm not even a Pittsburgh Penguins fan at all. But their logo so sick, and I love my coffee mugs, ladies and gentlemen. All right, last segment here. Let's uh, let's go over the poll question. But first, I want to give a big shout out to CoolHockey.com. Folks, if you go to CoolHockey.com slash THPN, there are so many deals. Don't forget during checkout to use the promo code THPN for up to 35% off your, your purchases. Cool Hockey helps us out all the time with uh, with contest giveaways, and they've been a big supporter of the network. So again, CoolHockey.com slash THPN is the link. And upon checkout, Type in, again, the promo code THPN for up to 35% off your purchases or unique offers that we will let you all know at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. All right, the poll question. I talked about last week's poll question. Is Miko Koivu a Hall of Famer? Uh, quite a bit last week, so we're not going to dive into that too deeply. However, I'll just run over the results. No one... At 82%, yes, at a mere 17%. Thanks to everyone who joined in on that conversation. Oh, and by the way, I I guess I can get into this ne- next week as well because we've run out of time today on episode 55. But, and I wrote this on Twitter, so I'll just read it verbatim. Hot take from at the Soda Pod. The Minnesota Wild do not need another aging defenseman unless his pay cut is unbelievable. Why waste a roster spot? And that's in regards to Dustin Bufflin reaching an agreement with the Winnipeg Jets to terminate his contract. Why do we need a 35-year, another 35-year-old defenseman who's hasn't played at a consistent high level in a long time? When he when he does play good, he plays fucking good. But um, as Jay Fresh, who's going to be a guest that we have on in the next few weeks here, um, he pointed out one of his graph analy- or his uh, analytic graphs a, f- a few days ago that. He's inconsistent in the fact that he either plays, you know, at an elite defensive level or you don't know where he is. And nothing against Big Buff. He's had a tremendous career, but the Wild need to move forward. We need to create spots for the young players like Manel and Belpedio, who we talked about earlier in the episode. I just don't think, like, even if you trade a Dumbo Brodeen, I don't think you fill it with a Dustin Bufflin, you know. If this happened earlier and he took a huge pay cut to go, you know, help the back end on a playoff run, assuming the Wild got into the playoffs this year, maybe, maybe. But people are like, oh, even just a one or two year, de- two year deal. No, look at me. I-, I-, I got into it. Anyways, I'll get into it more next week when we have more um, listener and-, and media opinion on the matter. Maybe uh, the story, maybe the story uh, grows a little bit so, uh, from now. Um, our poll question this week, and I went a little bit off the the board a little bit here. I got a little in depth. You know how I like my simple yes no ones here on the Soda Pod, but this week's and uh, it's 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 in, uh, it was inspired by the news that Kirill Kaprizov is well as soon as possible going to be joining the Minnesota Wild, be it next this year if there's some sort of play in tournament to the playoffs and perhaps the playoffs and uh, and 
we'll talk about that story in particular too in the next few weeks because it's important as a few folks listen to Michael Russo if the athletic or read his work you'll know very well that Billy Guerin and the Minnesota Wild management really didn't want to have to burn any of this guy's deal as you know well they're not a cap strap team but they're they're going to be if they're if well, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? If some of their young players take off and they're going to have to be paid, that's a good problem to have. However, with the contracts they still have on the books, mm, I mean, we I've been talking about the Vancouver Canucks a lot. That's just the... I do, I guess, quite a bit on this podcast as well because it's a good reference point since I used to cover that team and I do live on the West Coast. So though they're, though they're my home team, they're not necessarily the team I follow like uh, I used to. But throughout the times where they were kind of just... Like post 2011, 2012, when, when Kessler was gone, the Sedins were still under contract. I mean, it, it was kind of the same thing. They, they were good players. They were still producing, but you couldn't move forward with the franchise with uh, with guys like that. Now, Jimbo, Jim Benning, general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, he's made some other blunders cap-wise, which this is a Minnesota Wild podcast. Not going to get into it. Having said all of that, with Kirill Kaprizov coming over, being an absolute star in the KHL. We ask you, on this week's Soda Pod poll question, which is the best KHL slash Russian Super League superstar, keyword superstar, who successfully transcended expectations when jumping to the National Hockey League? Please explain yourself as comments are always encouraged. Our, uh, our four picks for you, four choices, are Evgeny Malkin, Igor Larionov, Artemi Panarin, and Evgeny Kuznetsov. All of these players put up outstanding numbers while playing in the KHL for a significant amount of time before jumping over to the National Hockey League. Um, we don't have enough time on this episode to really unpack it. Uh, we've already got some uh, interaction on Twitter, so go check that out or shoot us a text or voicemail uh, on our open phone line. And I promise to give a, give a good... St- chunk of the segment uh the time it deserves next week as i said ryan carter and i caught up for about a half an hour so half an hour of the show will be hardcore wild talk and definitely going into this poll question because it's a fun one and it's and the results are a lot closer than i would have expected hell the answer is not what i expected um artemi panarin leads at 42 percent malkin at 30 percent kuznetsov at 15 which i thought would be higher and the guy I honestly thought would be running away with it was Igor Larionov, but he, he's at a mere 12%. So thanks to everyone who voted so far. Uh, we had a couple comments here I can read out. Oh, the Hockey Troll, surprise, surprise, uh, host of the Caps Chirp podcast. <laughs> Koozie because go Caps, no further explanation. Uh, Dakota Case at Dakota Case 5. I think everyone knew Malkin was a stud and would be fine. Kuznetsov was a first-round pick, but Panarin was undrafted, so he was really up in the air. Hey, fair, fair enough, man, and I, uh, I can, I can get on board with that. I'm just surprised um, that he's kind of running away with it at this moment. State of Hoppy says, I, I would still say that nobody expected Malkin to be this good. Guy is a hundred and first best player in the NHL. That is true, bud. Um, and uh, and Polly Cupcake co-host of the Caps Chirp podcast said, I voted Koozie because go Caps, but Dakota makes a good point. Panarin has really been something special. Um, I think Neil Villapiano, uh, he replied on my personal account, which I'm, I'm not admittedly on right now as I'm scrolling through my, my desktop. Um, but he said something along the lines of... Uh, of um, oh, who did he say as well? He made a comment on Igor Larionov, and I think that was his pick, uh, saying that everyone thought that he was kind of like... 
he was too old for the National Hockey League and that his style that he really, really dominated with in the in the KHL, the Super League at the time, would not necessarily work as as well as it did there in, in the NHL and it blew everyone's expectations out of the water. It, 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 I mean, he's, he's an unbelievable... If you want to go and watch some awesome old hockey film, Igor Larionov is, uh, is the man for all those young listeners out there like myself. And I guess I'm getting up there. I still... I still like to call myself a young man at 27 years old. If you guys are listening to past episodes, I mean, you'll know that uh, April 7th was my birthday, and I honestly thought, being you know wrapped in my own crazy work bubble and schedule this year, um, I thought I was turning 28. So the best birthday present I, I got this year was <laughs> was a whole extra year in my life. So thank you very much. Um, please support our new friends at Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Uh, great subscription boxes. Great great razor uh boys your balls will thank you and your women and partners of all sexes and genders will as well thpn promo code gives you 20 percent off your purchase and uh on the lawnmower 3.0 i mean just go go check out some of the the hosts like unboxing videos on the hockey podcast network youtube page and twitter as uh, they're pumped for this new product and just nothing but amazing things to say about our friends at manscaped your balls like i said will thank you thank you to everybody tuning in on soundcloud spotify apple podcast folks the best thing you can do for us this week besides donating to our hosts on patreon patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network is to rate and review us on itunes and apple podcast five stars it doesn't matter what you write in the review you can tell us what you had for breakfast you can tell me what your favorite drink is you can tell us to fuck right off as long as you give us five stars that's all we ask for and we thank everyone who's already done that go listen through our website the hockey podcast network.com or or on any of your podcast apps and if you wouldn't mind downloading the episode before you listen it just really helps our business uh i talked about patreon quickly our patreon page more and more hosts during this uh well world health crisis have time on their hands and they're creating content for all you folks so reward them one dollar gets you access to everything but consider moving up to your five dollars ten dollars all the donations go to our hosts uh dylan and i the creators of the network we don't we don't dip our feet into that pool at all it's, it's to reward our hosts who are, are going above and beyond and there's a new patreon show uh it's going to be a regular show called after hours well it's a loose name jordy cunningham of the la kings king's den podcast here on the network he loves that name but it's a loose title um it's basically like you said well if you've if you tuned in on facebook live you saw it it was it was a fucking party and it's it's the after after hours baby featuring uh dylan and i who are gonna kind of facilitate and then any host from the network and, and friends who want to jump in the conversation uh it was a fucking hoot last week so go check it out on facebook the hockey podcast network we have the live video or if you just want the audio subscribe to patreon patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network don't forget to follow myself at vi sports talk on twitter i'm at vi sports talk underscore on instagram um at the soda pod is where you can find everything minnesota wild related network related and join in on some of our conversations we have here on twitter for all contests and access to pretty much every other podcast uh that's including our original content in terry ryan's podcast our ice analytics podcast the house of hockey lifestyle podcast and the newest member of our group south paul darren the fourth line voice podcast the enforcer based podcast rebooted presented now by the hockey podcast network you can find all of that at hockey Podnet. All right, folks, that's it for me today. I really apologize about some of the mic issues 
early on in this episode and maybe as I you know, stop recording here in this part of the episode. Um, I usually have like a stationary mic stand. I don't at the moment with, with my setup. And as a result, I think just waving this fucking thing around. Um, it's an older mic. Uh, I don't I don't think it's... Uh, well, it's either a cord problem or, or the mic's just dying. And you know what? Fair enough. I've had this thing for, for north of 15 years now. And it's it's served me well. I got, a, I got a backup just waiting to be unboxed. So I do apologize for some of the technical issues throughout this episode. Uh, very thankful that... The uh, well, the the interview with Brad, we had no technical issues with, so that I mean, hey, best part of the show. So that's all I can ask for. But again, thank you for all, thank you for everyone continuing to tune in despite some of those uh, audio hums here and there. Um, I promise it will be addressed next week where we have Ryan Carter joining the show and a ton of great guests joining us in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Signing off, my name is Isha Jeromi. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.